This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. The writer of Hebrews identifies Jesus as the great high priest, the one who was tempted in every way that we are tempted, yet he did not sin. The human author of Hebrews goes to an awful lot of trouble to prove to us that Jesus is greater. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than Melchizedek. Jesus is better than the Old Covenant, and he's better than the earthly tabernacle. In chapters 4 and 5, the author takes time to explain that Jesus is also a better priest because he's a permanent priest, one who promises to be our our mediator, our advocate, our facilitator, and our intercessor forever. So let's examine the passage before us today, beginning at Hebrews 4, verse 14. And the first declaration this passage makes is that Jesus the high priest is triumphant. Verse 14, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. The sounds of triumph, mastery, and conquest are heard throughout this beautiful letter to the Hebrews that exalts the superiority of Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, the fact that Jesus has passed through the heavens and has figuratively sat down at the right hand of God means that his saving work is complete and successful. It also means the fight is over. The battle is finished, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And in light of this victory, the author says, there's no time for cowardice. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Let's hold fast our confession. This this is no time to back down or back off or backslide. Come on, hold on fast to your faith and to the profession of your faith. Don't be shifty. Don't be shaky. Don't be silly. Hold on to your faith. Because Jesus, the high priest, is triumphant. He's already won the victory for us. Now, the second statement the author makes about Jesus is that he is a high priest with understanding. Jesus, the high priest, is understanding. Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may find mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, Jesus' identity as the, as the Son of God did not, did not remove him from an understanding of humanity. He knows what it's like. He's able to identify with us and sympathize with our weaknesses. Dr. Rachel Eckhart, a, a doctor in Berlin, Germany, works with young 20-something medical students. And her job is to help these young medical students acquire some genuine empathy and understanding for senior citizens. She helps them understand the physical consequences of old age. 
Dr. Eckhart straps the students into a very a very weird-looking outfit that she calls the man suit, consisting of ear protectors that stifle hearing, a yellow visor that, that blurs eyesight and makes it hard to distinguish colors, knee and elbow pads, which stiffen the joints, a Kevlar jacket-style vest, which presses uncomfortably against the chest, and padded gloves. Now, this special suit, which weighs over 10 kilograms, has been custom-made to simulate the physical consequences of old age. She says, Dr. Eckhart says, my aim is to turn young, energetic medical students into slow-moving, awkward-walking, uncomfortable, ill-at-ease human beings, at least temporarily. That way, I hope they will develop a feeling they'll develop some understanding for what it's like to be old. You see, she, she wants young doctors <laughs> to have compassion and sympathy for older patients. Now, Jesus, Jesus has compassion for us because he strapped on the man suit and wore it from the time he was born in Bethlehem until the day he died on Calvary so he understands all the limitations and all the consequences and all the pain and all the sorrow of human life. He gets it. He understands. In fact, he's the one person who understands everything you go through and you can trust him with your deepest need and your deepest secret. Our great high priest, Jesus, is not only triumphant and understanding, he's also submissive. Jesus, the high priest, is submissive. Having made clear what is required of high priests, the author in, in Hebrews chapter 4 and 5 shows that Jesus has all the right qualifications to be the great high priest because he was submissive to the Father's will. He is, in fact, the perfect high priest because he's without sin and therefore he does not need to present a sacrifice for himself. Every other priest in the nation of Israel, every other high priest who ever lived, always had to offer sacrifices for his own sin as well as for the sins of the people, but not Jesus. He was preeminently qualified because he was submissive to the Father's will and he did not have to present a sacrifice for himself. He is the Son of God who lived in submission to the Father's will. So let's take a quick look at Hebrews uh, 5, verses 7 through 8. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. He was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Living in submission to his Father's will the earthly prayers of Jesus were, were constantly heartfelt and earnest and accompanied by tears, the author says. And God the Father listened to him because of his reverent submission. 
though always without sin, and thus always obedient, Jesus nevertheless acquired knowledge and experience as a human being by living as a human being. He especially came to know firsthand what it costs to maintain obedience in the midst of suffering. You see, and even though he was fully God, he was fully man at the same time. The mystery of the Incarnation is, teaches us that, that Jesus Christ did not cease to be God while he was man. And he didn't, just because he was man, he didn't have any less uh, of, the, of the powers of God in his life. See, he, as he obeyed his Father in the face of each temptation, he learned obedience, the Scripture says so that his human moral ability was strengthened as a human being. Jesus lived a, a life of perfect, reverent submission to the Father. And while we may strive to follow his example, because that's what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to follow the example of Jesus. We're supposed to walk in his steps. While we may strive to do that and strive to be perfectly obedient and, and, and submissive to the Father, we will never measure up. We will never reach the standard of, of perfect submission that Jesus did because we're, we're tainted by sin in every aspect of our being. Every part of our human nature has been, has been affected by sin. Every part of our being has been affected by sin. Our moral, our spiritual, our physical, our, our mental abilities, all of them have been affected by the, by the ravages of sin. And, and we will never be able to live a life of perfect, reverent submission to the Father. And the good news is that we don't have to. We don't have to. The pressure is off because Jesus died in our place and he took our place as the perfectly reverent, submissive substitute. Hallelujah. He died the death we could not live. Rather, he lived the life we could not live. He died the death we could not die. Jesus lived the life we could not live. He died the death we could not die. He died in our place, in our stead. And because of His perfect, reverent submission to the Father, and because of the fact that we are in Christ, the Father sees us through the sacrifice and the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Furthermore, Jesus the High Priest is sufficient. Hebrews 5 verse 9 says, Being made perfect, Jesus became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So the writer of Hebrews has made his point forcefully. Jesus Christ shared our human life. There's no getting around that. Yet because his life was sinless and perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. He said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. There is no other way. Jesus is the only way. 
He's the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. No one gains access to heaven except through Jesus. No one receives eternal life and, 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 and a home in heaven except through Jesus. And so I just want to urge you again this morning to find your salvation in Jesus Christ. Oh, trust in Jesus Christ today. Jesus is the only source of eternal life. Jesus is the only source of eternal salvation. Your relationship with God through Jesus Christ is your life. Your, your relationship with God through Jesus touches and alters every aspect of your existence. It, it redefines your identity. Your relationship with God through Jesus infuses your life with new meaning and purpose. And it completely reshapes your destiny. So the work of Jesus Christ on your behalf must be the window through which you look at everything in your life. Jesus, the great high priest, promises to be a permanent priest. He is triumphant and understanding. He's submissive and sufficient.